Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we're talking Tudor, and specifically, Tudor's newest release, the Tudor Royal. After that, we get into it with Buzz about options he has for his newest acquisition. This was a fun episode, and I'm sure you really enjoy it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Well, welcome everybody to episode 28 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, we've got just the three of us tonight. Uh, it seems like we've had a pretty good, uh, pretty good run of guests there for a while. So it's just the three of us getting back to whatever the hell it is that we do um, <laughs> on this on this podcast when we don't have a guest. Um, so yeah, um, as as usual, I, you know, I, I guess we will start with the uh, the drink check and the wrist check. So Buzzy, what have you got for us tonight? All right. Well, drink check, wrist check. We'll start with the drink. I just got done enjoying a delicious Manhattan. I've been away from this drink for far too long. Comes out of the shaker looking like apple juice. Sweet, sweet alcoholic apple juice. (laughs) Tonight's beverage was made with Larceny bourbon, Martini and Rossi sweet vermouth, only because Kroger is too dumb to have Dolan vermouth, which is my go-to. Uh, I used uh, some Fee Brother cherry bitters, probably about three uh, dashes, and Luxardo cherries, because if you're going to drink a Manhattan, it's a little piece of advice from the Buzzman to you. It has very <laughs> few ingredients. Every People know that if you want to have a good drink, that the alcohol should be good, but the the vermouth and the cherries—they're just as important. Don't cheap out there. That's why I normally go for Dolan, and you have to go for Luxardo. Once you have them once, you'll understand why that jar of cherries is so stupidly expensive. Um, <laughs> growing up, it was Nerf or nothing. Right now, Luxardo or nothing. That's that's where I'm living. Yeah. That's good. So the Dolan, I got to figure out where I can find that. It might have been at Jungle Gyms when I was there, but um, our buddy Justin at Monta made the recommendation for what was it, Antric recipe or like, yep, um, Antica. Yeah, that uh, one. Antica? That yeah. one. No, 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 no. Not Campari. This is the uh, the vermouth, the sweet vermouth, because I was out. Um, so I went looking for it uh, last week when I picked up a box of cigars. And um, realizing that the bottle of vermouth that he recommended, while still reasonable for as good as it probably is, was more than 50% of the bottle. Like the price on that was more than 50% of the bottles of bourbon I had here. I was like, I'm not going to get that to make Manhattans with bourbon that costs less than that. Yeah, I'm going to wait till I have more (laughs) bourbon that costs more than that. And then I will get some. Um, But there were some middle ranges. I can't remember whether or not Dolan was one of them. So I have to go back and look um, since they're pretty close to my house. But um, I want to say that's good to know. I want to say that sub 20 bucks and um, also refrigerate your your, uh, sweet vermouth. It is a a fortified wine. It will go bad Mm -hmm. um, as far as the flavor will degrade. So refrigerate it. yeah, I do about two and a half to one ratio. I shake fifty times and then serve it up. Don't don't serve it down. There's no excuse for that. Amen. Um, Absolutely. So that that's that's what I'm drinking these days. Um, what I'm wearing on my wrist, 
uh, it's made a couple of visits to the program. Check the dial. It will tell you it has a rotor. It is self-winding. That's right. It's my Tudor Oyster Prince. 34 millimeters. <laughs> Still like the strap from Cincy Strap Co. Although next time I order one, I will say that I'll actually measure some of the straps that I have currently. <laughs> I ordered a standard. A long would be a little bit better. You know, I have a reasonably, reasonably sized wrist, but I would, yeah. I would like to have to use both of the keepers that they provide. So I'm going to go with a long strap next time. That's funny. <laughs> Again, this is a audio medium, but Buzz just showed us the, uh, it is very, uh, very snug. And for those of you who, again, it's an audio medium. I disappeared for a second to go put my sweet vermouth that I just opened this week in the mini fridge in our basement. <laughs> I'm changing hearts and minds here on this program. Well, in that case, I should probably go do that. <laughs> nice. Anyway, Spangler, what have you got for us, buddy? Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to top that amazing monologue of a wrist check, drink check from Buzz, but I'm going to do my best. Um, I am, I as well am drinking a Manhattan because I'm in a cocktail phase, um, and I'll run down my uh, process here. Lickety split, uh, one part vermouth, which I use the Koshi or Kashi or however the hell you say it, uh, sweet vermouth, uh, two parts whiskey, which I'm using uh, 1886 Uncle Nearest, uh, which sucks by itself, so I'm just putting it in cocktails to not think about the fact that I had purchased a really shit whiskey. Um, from there, uh, three <laughs> shakes of Angostura orange bitters and cardamom bitters, two different bitters because I'm fancy, and then one half part, and this is the secret ingredient, uh, Nocino walnut liqueur. Makes it a little dark, confuses people. It's good, though, I promise. Um I am confused. Yes. <laughs> you just have to try it. Just have to try I it. I do like the I do like the orange bitters though. I don't know that I would yeah. add other bitters to it. I have been yeah. known to make a Manhattan with an orange with orange bitters before, and I, it, it's a nice little twist. Absolutely, twist. absolutely. Um, I will say though, I do not have the Luxardo cherries. I wish I did. Uh, unfortunately, those were forgotten. Yes, I I know I know Buzz. I'm disappointing you with that. <laughs> um, yes, but on my wrist. Um, is something very, very cool, I would say. Um, but it's the uh, new Seiko Willard models. Uh, this is the uh, SPB 153, uh, which is the olive, olive drab green dial variation. Um, and this watch is literally amazing. Um, Spence, I know you may have picked up one that you alluded to in the last podcast, and you may get into that a little later in the podcast. Uh, but I mean, this thing is just killer. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, um, no, that's the one that I haven't seen. I've tried on the black one on the bracelet. I really want to see the green one. I I don't need another green watch because I've got one. Um, but you know, the, the, the colorway on that is unbelievable. Like the military green. It's it, it, if I was going to go Willard, that would be the one I would buy. I think even though on yeah. a previous guess, I think I said I would buy the black one because I liked, I mean, the, the Seiko is just crushing it right now. They're absolutely crushing it. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I really like what uh, Cole Pennington put out this week or last week on these watches uh, in that he's like avoiding calling them the new Willards because they're not really Willards. If you want a Willard, you can go get one or you can get the new reissue they did last year. Um, but he made an excellent point of saying that this is basically Seiko doing what Tudor did with the Black Bay 58 of taking past design interpretations and then making them into a newer modern watch, uh, which I agree with fully. So this isn't a Willard, but it's a newer modern version of what the Willard is today um and that's why i think it's really cool um yeah, yeah that's a sweet well i you could call it what our, our buddy our buddy from uh from red bar since he's calling it. i think it's a uh, one of the many nicks in that group is calling it the beluga because you know if you turn a little sideways it kind of looks like a beluga whale's head yeah, yeah the, the crown guards on here are just whatever so how they're many- out of this world they're nonsense but i love it <laughs> yeah but that's what i'm nice. drinking that's what i'm wearing um spence what about you so I again, I kind of re- I'd been wearing, I'd been wearing my new Seiko for a good chunk of the day because um, again, it's a new watch. The Seiko's crushing it right now with their mid-range divers, and like, it's it's tough to take that watch off since I got it less than a week ago. Um, but I realized in talking with our other friend who recently picked up a Hulk um, in the past couple of weeks that today is the one-year anniversary of me buying mine um so I, I felt like recording with that i mean it it's a watch that i never thought i would really have a chance to be able to purchase and it, it that again we kind of talked about it a little bit last week with dustin it's it's kind of insane that you're thinking okay a stainless steel rolex sports model being kind of a rare thing and it, it, in, in the grand scheme of things it's not but you know for for a while they've been kind of hard to come by and the fact that you know, I was able to pick one up a year ago. I, I didn't think it was going to be a thing for me. Didn't think that was going to be anything in the cards at any point. Um, and again, I wasn't going to pay above retail for it. So it was just like, this is just a watch that I wasn't ever going to get. Um, so it was, it, I'm, I'm wearing that one today. If, if you can't tell, um, been wearing, been wearing that quite a bit lately. Um, and then oddly enough, um, as everybody, you know, we kind of been through some of the other purchases that we've all done or, or what's in the collection, but, um, the uh, the last whiskey and watches event you know, where we may or may not have gotten the name for this podcast, Richter and <laughs> Phillips, um, they, they did a little bit of a different thing this year uh, compared to the two or three previous years they've done. They actually had the distillery that's across the river, uh, New Riff, uh, which is in the for those of you in the greater Cincinnati area in the parking lot of Party Source. Everybody knows where Party Source is. Um, that's <laughs> Anybody in the greater tri-state area knows where Party Source is. Um, they did a barrel pick. Uh, but what they did was they had different um, tasting areas set up. Uh, and you could pick one, two, or three of the different barrels that they did. Um, and then that was the one that the fairs, uh, the owners of Richter and Phillips, are going to use you know, to put their signature on. And um, so this was the one that won. I mean, we each had like tokens. We got to go vote for whichever one we liked, one, two, or three. And I believe that event was like, um, just it was like I feel like the bear the the, the date of the event was like December fourth or fifth, somewhere in that first week of December, right after Thanksgiving. Um, so a little bit of information about the barrel. It was distilled on December fourth of twenty fifteen, and then. Um, they tallied the votes on that day and they bottled it on the 12th of December last year, 2019. So um, 
it is barrel strength, so it is uh, it's pretty strong, and uh, it's got a nice little uh, message to the you know the customers that they give this out to, which is pretty cool that it's etched on the side. So I feel like it's going to take me a while to finish this bottle. Just one because it's strong, and two because it's got a little bit more of a special meaning, um, just with with the way you know the the that you know they started they helped they didn't say help start the podcast, but that's where the three of us met was at a whiskey and watches event two years ago. You know, that those are our guys who we hang out with. I, I mean, back when we were working in the office, I was down there probably once a week hanging out with Blake, the enabler, um, and Matt, our buddy, the, the watchmaker down there and talking to the guys, Eric and Rick and, and Art and all of them down there. Um, this is definitely a bottle that even when it's empty is going to be kept just because of the small sentimental value it has with this whole watch collecting podcast that we've got and, and a watch that I'm wearing on my wrist right now. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's weird that it's been a year that I got the Hulk. And in the last six months since we've been doing the podcast, literally every week since then, uh, it's been kind of a wild ride. So it's just a it's just a weird a weird spot to be in. Um, but anyway, oh, it's a uh, I will say it's a fantastic whiskey. It's it's a great spot and it's a fantastic whiskey. Um, it's definitely strong. I definitely enjoy having it on the rocks because it, the little bit of melt uh, from the ice definitely helps. But it is uh it's got great flavor. It's 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 punchy. It's I mean it's a it's a good, strong Kentucky bourbon, even though it's almost in Ohio. And it's <laughs> right across the river. Um but anyway, so that's uh that's what I'm wearing, that's what I'm drinking, and uh yeah. So uh I think we should revive a segment we haven't done in a good long time. Um which is also why I forgot to have one uh, before the, we were about to record. So it took me a hot second to get one, but we're going to bring Brett, bring back the, uh, the fresh forum find, um, which hey is, uh, yeah, exactly. Hey, yo, everyone. Uh, I know all of you who, I don't think anybody's ever actually taken our advice and looked at these things. Um, I wouldn't take we got a fresh advice. forum. Find. Yeah, I wouldn't either. No, we always say that. Like we have not <laughs> vetted anything. We just find something interesting at what we think is an interesting price. Buyer beware. You know, what happened with Horology more. House? That, yes. <laughs> so with with that, Spangler, you can go first. What have you got for us? All right. Well, um, you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, uh, I'm a pretty big fan of chronographs, and I've definitely mentioned a few of them on the uh, Fresh Forum Find. Uh, and this week, I have a vintage Weiler chronograph, which is one of those weird 70s brands that, of course, is never not around anymore um, since it was, you know, the Swiss watch industry's way of kind of getting around the trade embargo back in the day of making new brands in the States and, you know, marketing their watches just under a different brand that was based in the United States. Uh, but anyway, um, the reason I picked this watch is because, you know, not because it's anything significant, but because of the movement, um, and it's got a value 72 in it. Um, now, when it comes to that kind of movement, you know, if you've gone down that vintage rabbit hole, you kind of find that those movements can get a little expensive um, based on certain models. You know, of course, it was used in the Paul Newman Daytona. Uh, Hoyer used it a bunch. Um, but this one I found was actually priced incredibly reasonably. Um, the seller originally had it listed for like $2,800. Um, and he just actually put it on sale today for like $1,850 or maybe $1,900. Um, so if you're looking for a, a movement with a storied history and you want to spend less than two grand for it, um, this is definitely the way to go. Um, it's on eBay because, you know, I love eBay and I love going against the rules of the fresh form find. Um, loves the eBay. Yeah, I love the Bay. What can I say? 
Did that rhyme? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's strong. It's <laughs> it's it's on the bay uh, currently right now. So if you're interested, it's it's up there and ready to go. Um, yep, but that's uh, that's mine for this week. I think uh, I like it. So what about you guys? Nice. That's interesting. Well, I've got another. Since you've got a chronograph, I also have a chronograph. What? What? <laughs> I know. Um, I found this one on an actual forum, uh, Watch You Seek, which I've read <laughs> has updated their um, their interface, which apparently people were vocal about the updates. Um, I, I think it's okay. I you know This is the first time since I read that they updated it that I've been on it. Um, and again... Uh, this is this is one that's interesting. Again, vet the seller because I have no idea. I literally just found this, um, but it is a chronograph. It is a Speedmaster Mark II with a black dial and a recently serviced movement. Um, so it's the one that has the barrel case. Um, it still has the 861 in it. Um, it's got a mesh bracelet, so I don't think it comes with the OEM bracelet. I'm not seeing any indication of box and papers. It does have one or two minor scratches on the crystal, um, but but shipped only in the United States for seventeen hundred dollars. I feel like with you know for for a watch that seems pretty well loved, I feel like that's an interesting enough price to at least inquire about. You know, it's got the eight sixty one movement in it, manual wind. Speedmaster Mark II is kind of like that funky 70s barrel-shaped case. It's it's got the original hands, a recent movement service. It's uh I'm interested. Like I, again, I don't know if this is one I would buy, but like the Mark II is an interesting looking watch. Oh, for yeah, sure. It's definitely with those quirky variations that if you're into that kind of like weird quirky watch world, is something you should definitely have in your collection. And I mean, for 1700 bucks, like I said, I don't know that this would be one I would buy. Cause like, I feel like I would like a regular Speedmaster, like just the, the regular professional moon watch, but I've always kind of liked the Mark two. And for that price point, I feel like it's at least worth, you know, sending the guy an email. Um, sure. So that, that, that listing is out there. Um, have at it. The guy, I think the, the seller's in, uh, in Washington state. Um, so it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, Buzzy, what much. have you got for us? This, so that, this is so much fun because we didn't coordinate these at all. Do you have a chronograph? <laughs> well, <laughs> I found this. So I would say yes, but it also kind of uh, depends on what your take on, on that old internet lark of is a hot dog a sandwich, you know, that, that sort of a thing. Ooh, are birds real? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <No>. Exactly. <laughs> So I found an Omega Seamaster Chronostop. This is reference. Oh, I like those. Yes. Reference <laughs> 145.008. If you like pushers and crowns, it's got pushers and crowns. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't know. I've seen them, but I didn't really do any sort of uh, research uh, into them until tonight. Uh, it apparently was the entry level offering from Omega back in the day. So it was slotted below the Seamaster and Speedmaster lines, even though some of them have um, Seamaster branding on them, they were thought to be an entry level 
it's kind of cool. So it's got an internal rotating bezel. It's rotated by one of the crowns. And then the seconds hand, what looks like the seconds hand, is actually a chronograph, but there aren't any totalizers. So you're only going to be able to, to time, you know, things that go on for a minute. Uh, theoretically, you could fiddle with the, um, with the internal bezel and kind of do kind of a bootleg um, totalizer there. <laughs> but it's it's nifty. I mean, it it's got uh, it's got some vintage panache for sure. Uh, so I saw that on Watch You Seek, and uh, the individual that's selling that on there, just like Pitbull, he's uh, he's offering shipping, Mister Worldwide, uh, nice. for fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. So if you are interested in those at all, it, it, that seems fairly priced. I, I would definitely uh, do some more investigation, ask them about mm-hmm. uh, service as a, a, a keeping time or you know, all, all of that sort of things. But uh, I saw other um, ones kind of sold in the, the, the two grandish range. So yeah, do do your homework always uh, on this, but it seemed like a pretty neat piece. Um, certainly has some 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 just vintage flavor that you know it, it's got three things poking out the side of it. I mean, that's that's kind of funny, right? Two two crowns and a pusher. What that's just. That? I mean, I kind of wish more companies, and I, I I get why they don't because like chrono stops and driving watches and things like that. I know. I know James Stacy's talked about, I think he's got a Buren that essentially it looks like a parking meter and it's essentially to time like phone calls or other things. Like back when you huh. used to have to call collect or call, you know, put more coins in the payphone. Like there aren't watches that, because these things don't have, these things don't happen anymore. And I, I kind of wish like, I kind of go back to like my, my Seiko Turnograph and that's a, a fairly faithful reinterpretation without the Montepulciano Chrono for the seconds hand of, yep a Seiko that's very similar to this. And I actually stumbled across a couple of those on the forums the other day and they were all going for like 2,500 to $3,000. I was like, Holy cow. Like that. I mean, and in various conditions with that different dial colors. And I mean, it's like, and granted those watches are from 1964 and finding a good one's probably a little bit more difficult, you know, than, than not. But it, it's interesting that watch companies other than, who can go to the deepest part of the ocean multiple times? Like they aren't really trying to, there aren't really very many different things to solve. Um, so have you guys heard of Gavox watches? No, not really. No. Okay. What? So I was listening to, I was listening to 40 and 20, our buddies from Oregon. Um, and they interviewed the, uh, the owner of Gavox. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, we're talking about things that like, people aren't solving for anymore because there's no reason for it with phones and technology and all this other stuff. He wants to be the first person to get hit or the first watch brand to get his watches on Mars. And he's been thinking about this at a much higher level. Not, I mean, not just like literally said he's, he's figured out how to send him in a box to get him there, but (laughs) he wants the astronauts that eventually go there to be wearing his watches. And the interesting thing, so he uses a lot of, quartz movements, alarm movements, things like that for aviation, diving. He's got some really interesting videos out there. He actually has somebody with his watch strapped to a 
submarine that went like 900 meters below the surface in the Gulf of Mexico. And he actually has it on video when his watch finally failed. The watch was only rated to like 300 meters, but it went down to 900 before it failed. So he just, he's just some crazy stuff. Like he's really kind of, kind of, he's, and he seems like a really, really fun guy. His name mm-hmm. is Michael Happy. Um, <laughs> and he's from Belgium. So it's H A P P E. Um, just again, go listen to le- this week's last week's episode of 40 and 20. And it, it was a great, great interview, but he, Essentially, what he's saying is for Mars, Mars rotates slower than Earth does. So like for timing with day and night there versus day and night here, it's essentially you have to know how to match those two up. And he said that he's working on a watch again, most likely with some quartz assistance. So not a fully mechanical movement, because this would be, I would imagine, insanely difficult, especially for a a micro brand to do. Um Mm -hmm to have essentially a module in there that runs Mars time on one clock and earth time on the other and a lot like sets alarms so you can sync it because he says that there are currently people who are living at the jet propulsion laboratory out in California that they have to wake up on Mars time to program the Rover to do things because it can do things during the daylight when the sun is out so that it can charge its batteries with its solar panels. And in order to make sure you program it to do the right thing at the right time, you have to know when it's daylight there versus here. And that changes, you know, I don't say fairly frequently, but I would imagine if Mars is rotating, I think, I think what he said was like 45 minutes to an hour slower than we are. That's moving on a daily basis as to what time things are happening. So it it just, again, you know, there aren't what like watches used to be solving these types of problems. We were talking about James Stacy's, you know, his Buren and, and the chrono stop and the, and the, uh, the mono pressure chrono that, that Seiko made those, those movements and those watches don't really exist anymore because those problems are all solved by, you know, more modern technology. It'd be interesting to see people trying to solve that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah. weird tangent over the uh, old, uh, <laughs> Yeah, when when you can't uh, have the old interplanetary Schwarzkopf, you know, you have to you have to go with some sort of fancy uh, fancy setup. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, um, did Tudor release something this week? Oh, I mean, apparently, just not anywhere that we could get it, and kind of secretly, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, that was kind of weird of them. It was. Yeah. I mean, for as much like drama and nonsense they like had for the Black Bay 58 Blue, this honestly, you know, I'm going to go and say this, but it also also came out of the blue, you know? Yeah. We didn't expect this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, what, what is it called now? The Tudor Royal? Yes. And we'll never be royal because we don't live in one of the few markets in Asia where it's being sold. Yeah, the four, one of the four Asian markets. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I mean, I don't know. I have my own opinions of that watch. I don't. I don't know what you guys think about it, but I'm. I'm. I don't know. (laughs) I I get where they're going. Your opinions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Show me them hot takes. Uh. Well, I don't like it. Um. To start off with, I think the bracelet looks. I mean, again, this is just like saying from the press release photos. Um, I, you know, I'll probably never try the watch on, but if I ever do, I'd love to. I'd like to try and get another second opinion on it. Uh, but I think the bracelet is. It's just weird. Like the little middle links that look a lot like an AP, like a Royal Oak bracelet, are like polished weird. Um, 
you know, and like they have a day a day day complication and a non day day complication, which is like also like just make it one type of complication. You don't need to have two different complications for the same line of watch. And Omega, I'm looking at you with a Speedmaster, but that's a different like rant in general. Um, Hold on, everybody. He's looking at everybody for everything because everybody has different <laughs> complications for the same line. There's a there's a Submariner and a Submariner date. There's all the different Royal Oaks. There's like, so this is a rant that he doesn't really have anyway. Well, I'm thinking Omega, but we can also go into a broader range here. <laughs> so rant for every watch brand ever for every line. I'm looking at all you guys. Um, let's see here. Where, where, oh God, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, uh, but let's see my biggest gripe. And, you know, I was down RMP talking to Blake about this and he, he loved this fact about this watch, but I, I despise it. Um, it's the fact that they use Roman numerals on the dial. It just looks weird. I hate, I, I, it makes my skin crawl when I look at it. I hate the Roman numerals. If it didn't have that, I could maybe stomach it, but without like with those, like it's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't even know. I don't want to talk about like how I truly feel, but yeah, <laughs> let's hear you guys' take on it. Let's, let's go that route. Embrace the Roman numerals. Rome has so much to teach us especially at our, our current current state of affairs. You know, just just let all that ancient goodness soak in, right? <laughs> you you don't have to be Gaius Tiberius Gracchus or Scipio Africanus or Caesar himself to enjoy Roman numerals. I think I think they're pretty nifty, although my my only gripe on them is Give me some little dots of loom. Put them outboard of of the Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. Just give me a little bit of loom on that dial. It is a sports watch. Well, I, I don't care what kind of watch it is, right? I mean, back when my Tudor was built, which was the 70s. I mean, that's a long time ago. It had little dots of loom that presumably actually lit up. They, they certainly <laughs> don't anymore. Um, I don't, I don't need much loom, right. But just give me something to orient myself in, in the dark. Um, I, I think that the 38 millimeter is dynamite. I don't think that the bracelet is too bizarre because I see, um, later and i don't know which decades so uh in tudor's history they had a jubilee that was essentially very similar to just the same darn thing as uh rolex and then they went to a jubilee that was a little bit flatter in style and to me that that's what i see in that bracelet what i also Mm -hmm. see what i love and if you're a listener from way back you know the last and only uh, time that I did the defunct designs um, I know where segment. Because I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I see Rolex oyster quartz, and I mm-hmm. really like that because uh, then you're not getting some arcane quartz movement that may or may not be fixable. You're getting an, an Edda movement in there that you know is going to be good to go. Um, the style of bezel, that, that's my least favorite date just style bezel. But honestly, if it had loom plots on it and the, 
that could actually buy it, which is, you know, academic, right? I mean, they, they, they surreptitiously released this because they're only selling it in like four Asian markets. Um, so the rest of the world just gets to look at the pictures. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think the 38 would be, be phenomenal. It's kind of a bummer that the day date is only on the 41. I think 41 on a watch of this style is just way too much dial. Obviously, yeah. If you see it in person, perhaps that's different. You know, I'm, I'm not uh, not saying that that's that's the absolute gospel, but to me, I want like 36 to 38. So I kind of like it. I, I I think it's slick, and I really wish that it was sold here because I would love to see this. Um... Spence, what what are you thinking? So I'm kind of with you on a couple of points there. I mean, I think, I think from a size perspective, I agree with you that 41 for the day date's probably a little bit too big. Um, I kind of liken this, you know, to another watch that I'm a big fan of, which is the older, now discontinued Omega Constellation. I'm not 100% on board with the ceramic bezel on that new one. I, you know, I just, I'm not, I don't think I'm a fan. I like the the metal whether it's gold or steel on the old omega constellation better to me this kind of fits in the same vein um obviously the omega's got the in-house coaxial chronometer movement this has an eta um i like i'm with you on the bezel i kind of wish they had chosen some other version of a date just or tutor you know you know prince oyster date bezel um but i like the bracelet i like the way it looks i don't mind the roman numerals Kind of agree with some people that the day date cutout for the Roman numerals kind of makes it's like why would you choose to go Roman numerals if you know you're going to go day date because it has to cut like the majority of them out but you know that didn't really bother me that much I'm with you I think I could go as high as 39 and a half maybe for, like right around 40 I think would make sense 41 is probably too big and I know we're really kind of splitting hairs there but um, I'd like to see it in person and, and you know the bigger thing that I think this brings to mind is. In the past, I've seen other Tudor watches. They're like, "Oh, this is you know, this is a you know a 2017 Tudor this," and I was like, "Why isn't that available in the states?" I, I really think Tudor has some other things in in some have some other lines that they only release overseas that I think would actually do okay here. I mean, not not, and I, I guess I guess I will caveat that with saying that I think among the watch community over here they would do well. I don't know how they would do well. I don't know whether they would do well with like mainstream consumers, which is I know who Tudor is targeting. I mean, if you look at who they're trying to get with their brand ambassadors, you've got, you, you know, you've got, you've got Bex, you've got Lady Gaga, you have some other esoteric brand ambassadors. I don't, I don't know who they are. I, they're pro I think they are actually bigger in the Asian markets, but like, I feel like this watch and a couple other ones that they have in their, in their line, a couple other lines they have, a couple other lines in their collection would do okay here in the U S if you could get them. So I, I would, I, you know, would I buy this one? I don't know. I would love to, but would I love to see it in person? hundred percent. Like, yeah, if, if Richter and Phillips had both of these sit in the case right now, when I went to go pick up this bottle of bourbon, I would have tried them both on just cause I'm curious. Like they're, they're intriguing enough that I would go and see them. So, so, so I don't know why they, they don't do that here. So you can't always just um, translate the, uh, the, the uh, currencies. Um, although 
translated over the base models a little bit over two grand. I, I think, I don't know, a single person that has a, a Tudor style or whatever their, their um, date just light line is um, over here. Uh, bring this over, get rid of all of that malarkey. I, I don't know whether it sells or not, but I, I've never seen them in the wild, right? So a little uh, over two grand for these? The, the, now, the base yeah. model yep. is a, I think that's probably the 28 millimeter um, that, that's at two grand. So, yeah. But I mean, Did like you... that, that, that's very reasonable. Like I would, I would try the shit on. I would, I guess I would buy, like, I don't know that I buy, but I would, I'd go try it. I'd be like, I want to see this. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I, there'd be a lot more people who would do that. Like it'd be an interesting thing to see in the case. Yeah. I, I really, you know, so even if I it didn't have the loom on the dial, uh, if it had a plain bezel, just, I don't know. It's all academic because they're not coming over here. So Big deal. And by the way, just have to say, I love the watchmakers four on that. It it yeah. keeps that yep. dial balanced. <laughs> I'm I'm picking up what they're putting down, and I really like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's so strange that you guys aren't big fans of the bezel because I think the bezel is probably one of the redeeming qualities of that watch. It's got the vintage date, just engine turned style to it. And I, I honestly like, like that aspect of that watch. That's one of the things I actually do like about the watch and also the price point too, like just a hair above $2,000. Like that's amazing for a brand like Tudor to release a watch at oh, that price point. Unbelievable. The price point's fantastic. I, I, yeah. I mean, I had done the conversion. Like, I think that's a absolute, like the price point's a sure winner. Um, yeah. I just, I would. I don't think that bezel renders well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like from from the from the rendered images, I don't think it renders well. I would like to see it in person. Like I, oh, yeah. I kind of wish they had yeah. picked a different bezel. Mm -hmm. Because, but because I've I've seen other bezels. Like I've, I've seen the 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 like the the normal date just engine turn one that they have out now in white gold, in person. I like that. I like that bezel. It's classic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've not seen this this version of that bezel in person. I would love to see it in person. Like that might change my mind. I'm not saying that I like I'm completely against the bezel. I'm saying I guess it's more of a I don't think it renders well. I would like to see it in person before I really judge it. But if you're not gonna like if you're only gonna show me renders, yeah, I think it needs a different bezel. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. if you need if you need to see it in person might be tough, but uh, you can book a flight to boutiques or authorized retailers in China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, or the Philippines. I feel like Philippines is the cheapest way to get it. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I, I, could, I could spend a weekend in Manila, go to the Bat Bar, have a great time. Absolutely. I feel like you would be going to the Bat Bar in Manila. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my my cousin's family is originally from the Philippines, and they they go over and do a uh, medical mission each year, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The thing the thing that I like the most um, is the jeepneys. Um, so essentially, people over there take jeeps and uh, like monster garage style, uh, cut and stretch <laughs> them out into um, buses and stuff like that. And they're always very like decorated it is so great. Like just the sheer creativity 
that that goes into that. I I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, oh, I mean, wow. yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen these, so I'm I'm definitely gonna be having to Google this later tonight because I'd love to see some jeeps tricked out to look like monster trucks in the Philippines. <laughs> uh, monster garage, so oh, monster. Um, okay, so like the minor leagues of the the monster trucks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, they're bus. They are the most popular means of public transportation, ubiquitous in the Philippines. Known for their crowded seating and kitsch decorations. I, I think they're so cool. <laughs> crowded seating. Really like probably not good with coronavirus. But I was gonna say, I'm sure their economy's <laughs> booming right now. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not really going many places. But yeah, yeah, they're very cool. Well, I mean, you know, we got through that and you know, speaking of uh, you know, helping out the economy. Uh, Buzz, you've you've got some watches on your mind right now. Um, what uh, what are, what are you looking at here? Yeah, exactly. Just just stimulating that economy, you know. <laughs> um, would not be as much of a stimulus um, because uh, I'm I'm looking at used one, but I saw it and <laughs> you uh, like that my, guy's economy. That's what Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I would be stimulating that person's economy, right? Just, Somebody's like, going to get stimulated. Let's be honest here. That uh, <laughs> this has really gone off the rails, guys. Anyway, back to the well, watch that Buzz likes. <laughs> you know, I I was referencing that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they printed out their own money. Oh, How Patty dollars. That's right, yeah. Patty's bucks. Patty's uh, bucks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to stimulate our economy, yeah. <laughs> oh. But I, uh, I saw somebody um, selling a black uh, Monta SkyQuest that they just weren't uh, weren't bonding with. Um, as they said, kind of have the old uh, wandering eye, and and something uh, something new caught their uh, their fancy. Um. But yeah, it's the new new bracelet. So you got the the nice uh, resize on the fly, and significantly below retail. So, and actually, one of our mutual friends we, we know each other through a mutual friend that may or may not have been on this podcast. So, eh, I think I'm gonna go for it. What uh, what are you, what are your guys's thoughts? Given what you described to me earlier, I think. This is a home run, um, mainly because I also want to see a SkyQuest in person. You know, I've got a soft spot. I've got a soft spot for the gilt version, um, but the black would be a pretty good stand-in to actually see in person. So um, it'd be pretty pretty neat that if on three episodes in a row, all of us had a new watch. So no pressure, Buzz, but like by next week, by the time we record next week for the next episode, maybe you should have this. It's it's funny, you know. <laughs> people say, "Oh, podcasting—that's that's a cheap hobby, right?" And you, you buy a microphone. No, it's not. No, not it's with not. This genre. We no. talked about that last week with Dustin. We we're like, "It's a fun hobby. We enjoy it for the people. Our bank accounts don't enjoy it." And he's like, "Nope, <laughs> not one bit." <laughs> And wives and girlfriends also. You can lump that in that category as well. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very accurate. 
Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of wives and girlfriends, our buddy Watch Talk Studio let his girlfriend wear his Grand Seiko for the day because it was her birthday. So happy birthday to Watch Talk Studio's girlfriend uh, a couple days late because this is going to drop on Tuesday. Um, but speaking <laughs> happy of belated birthday. Seiko, yeah, happy belated birthday. But speaking <laughs> of that Grand Seiko, didn't he write a review of that for our website, uh, www.zeitswatches.com? He did, and it is an amazing review. Um, you know, if if you guys follow Watch Talk Studio on Instagram, uh, his photos are fantastic, and he does not disappoint in this article. Um, and the one thing I love about it is that he goes into depth about the watch, um, but he also does his critiques on the watch too. Um, you know, I firmly believe this, that not every watch is perfect in every single regard. Um, and I'm glad that he gives his true opinion on it. Um, so yeah, we've got that up on the site right now. Um, and I believe there will be a notice review coming up, hopefully either late in this weekend or maybe on Monday, you know, we'll, we'll see when it actually hits the site. Um, but it's going to be a, a work week watch wrap i'm sure i butchered that but whatever no, you got it right this time you got i got it right, I got it right. Oh, okay okay <laughs> so i uh, i i wrote it last week but i it was a busy week at work so i ended up uh kind of taking a while to uh, edit it but it's uh it should be pretty good and ready to go so hopefully we get that up on monday uh, with a couple of pictures and then i think this might be a while old but uh i think our buddy noah who just cranked out articles like like it's his job even though it isn't had a uh, a Manta uh, his uh, Manta Ocean King review out there of, of his Manta Ocean King, um, and then yeah. there will probably be a uh, a year long retrospective on the Hulk coming soon, and then uh, maybe another piece on why we collect things with uh, another non watch item that's made its way into my possession here recently. So just a little bit, a little bit on just the whole idea behind collecting whether it be watches bourbon art cars you know anybody can guess as to what i'm going to write about um it goes broom (laughs) (laughs) your your hulk retrospective better have the uh when we met up at at the park and you you showed it off to me like (laughs) better oh well that'll get a mention I think you were the good. first non-family member to see it. Uh, you might have been. That makes me feel special. Warm and fuzzy on the inside. I can just remember I didn't tell Evan about it or Ryan after we met up about whether because because I think I think we all met up at Richter and then we all went and I was in I was in the negotiate not really negotiate but I was in the process of acquiring it and I didn't want to let anybody know just in case they wanted to go and try and steal it from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think any of us would have had the lever to steal it from you, so... No, 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 no. Friend of the show, Ryan, would have. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. He definitely has the the funds to leverage that kind of stuff, but in terms of being a great customer, I don't I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, I, I just remember how incredulous he was that they had one, and then... <laughs> Three he's still talking about it. He's still three days later, when I sent him the picture, the, the response I got was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll definitely make it into the article. Um, yes. But yes, so that was a very long and interesting way to plug our website. 
uh, www.zeitzwatches.com, Z-E-I-T-Z, because uh, uh, the podcast name for the website may have been taken. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, watch geeks out there that are sub-21, and you know we don't want their parents finding out they go to a whiskey and watches site. Fair, fair. <laughs> Probably not that many. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I say the younger generation, but again, I'm also in that younger generation kind of whatever. Um, so yeah, you know, closer closer to it than we are. So that's know. true. Fair. Yep. Fair. Hey, I'm still technically Fair. a millennial, so I'm I'm sticking to it. Now that Gen Z nonsense. True. Yeah. So technically, the the oldest millennial. This is going off on a really weird tangent, but the oldest millennials are like. <laughs> Plus, I think they're like 40 or 40. The oldest millennials either have turned 40 or are turning 40 soon, which makes them older than both me and Buzz. So for sure. <laughs> anyway, <Okay>. well, <laughs> millennials, we all are. And everybody doesn't like us. So whatever. And to that, I say, OK, boomer, you know, I'm hip. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, that's terrible. <laughs> I oh, man. Say, come on, I'm a millennial. Give it to me. I will not. Okay. I will not. I, I for an eye just leaves everyone blind. <laughs> right, rise above it. All right. Well, I guess now that we've we've had our uh, daily dose of dad wisdom to just you know, rise above <laughs> insults, I guess we can call it a podcast. We can. Well, I, I guess that was episode 28. 28. I always get confused on this. I'm, I don't, I'm, I've taken off, I, I've taken off my socks and shoes and we're still, we're eight past what I can count on my hands and, and feet. So, you know, we're just going to just start carving them into the walls down here somewhere, which my wife probably won't like. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, it's, it's been fun guys as always. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Hopefully. Yep. Hopefully. Indeed. That's right. See, See y'all later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitswatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z. Z-E-I-T-Z.